Welcome to the Broadcast Dialogue podcast, the show all about the media industry in Canada. Welcome to Broadcast Dialogue, the podcast. I'm Sean Smith. Rick Luchuk is familiar to Canadian broadcasters, having spent three decades with CTV, capping his tenure there as SVP of Bell Media Agency and Brand Strategy. Rick made the weekly briefing in broadcast dialogue about 10 years ago when he joined CNN as Senior Vice President Creative Marketing and Brand Standards for CNN Worldwide. That included brand and marketing for all the properties, including CNN, CNN International, CNN on Espanol, HLN, CNN Go, and CNN Digital. And during his time there, his team won Global Marketing Team of the Year for six years running for Promax, as well as the Emmy for Outstanding Promotional Announcement four times. Recently released from CNN as part of restructuring across the company, Rick has founded Film at 11 Marketing, providing coaching for news, sports, and entertainment marketers. It's my pleasure to welcome you, Rick Luchuk, to the podcast. Thanks for being here. I'm happy to be here. Now, I think this this interview might go a couple of ways here. I think it's one part CNN exit interview, but it's also one part startup interview uh, with your new company, Film at 11. And you're going to be uh, dedicating yourself now going forward to coaching for news, sports and, and entertainment marketers. But before I go there, as you were coming up through the Canadian business and you're well known up here, did you ever have sites on the U.S.? You know, I think it kind of was always in, in the back of my mind that I would like to, to try it. I spent a lot of time in the U.S. when I was doing buying for programs for CTV. And we'd spend almost a month in LA, and uh, I, I like the the business down here, but it, it, it wasn't a goal. Uh, I'm not a, a real goal setter, but it was something that interested me. Mm-hmm. Now, what was the catalyst? Well, the catalyst was 2010. Uh, CTV was uh, uh, purchased by Bell, and you know my mentors, Yvonne Fitzan and. Uh, Suzanne Boyce uh, left the company, and when somebody buys a company, it's their company. And you know, I, I strongly believe if you don't like the direction they're taking the company, it's not their problem; it's their company. Right. And so, my decision was that I wasn't enjoying uh, the work I was doing. So, it was my decision uh, to leave CTV after over thirty years with with that company. But you know, there was there was no anger or anything in it. It just wasn't working for Rick Luchuk. So Rick Luchuk's got to find something else to do. I had a non-compete clause, which meant I couldn't work in television in Canada for a year. So uh, I kind of looked, well, I guess I'm either going to the U.S. or I'm going to the U.K. And uh, the U.S. came uh, came calling first. So when you get to CNN, which is has got to be a pretty heady environment in which to land, how do you get your arms around all the needs and, and the priorities? What, 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 take me that through that process. Yeah, anytime you go into, into a new environment, it's, uh, it, it's a little bit tough. For me, you know, I, I was pretty mature already by the time I got to, uh, to CNN. And so it, it wasn't intimidating or anything else uh, to me. Um, I 
had, you know, we did a dance for about nine months. So I'd had a, a lot of time to kind of evaluate what I thought CNN needed, but I still needed to get inside and, you know, look under the hood and, and really figure out why things were done the way they were done before I made any assessment of, of what needed to, to change. So, you know, I gave it a probably a good five, six months before I, I started uh, making any real changes to, to how things were organized there. Do you think that there was either a disconnect or an opportunity to realign uh, CNN with the prevailing marketplace at the time? Yes. CNN, you know, has gone through ebbs and flows in, in, in its existence. And it was at a little bit of a, of a lull in the strength of the brand when I got there. And that's one of the reasons why uh, the role tempted me so much. There was a challenge of, of, of you know, kind of revitalizing this brand. It wasn't like I was coming into uh, something that was battered and bruised, but it, it needed a little bit of polish and it needed a little bit of focus. And uh, that was a challenge I really uh, relished. How do you set, I, I imagine there's a pretty big team of creatives there. How do you set the course? At that point, once you know where you'd like to go, uh, how, do, how do you communicate that and how, how do you rally people? Well, it, it was interesting. And so when I got there, um, the team was actually smaller than by less than half from what I had at CTV when I left because, you know, I had a pretty big portfolio at CTV with all the cable channels and everything else. But when I got there, and this may seem like a weird thing to say, everyone who worked in the department I, I, I was inheriting only had experience working in, in news promotion, uh, which you go, well, duh, yeah, it's CNN. But what I needed was I, I needed to some, bring some other disciplines into the writing style and uh, uh, bring humor in. And uh, we weren't just doing news promos, we were building a, a, a brand. And I, I was kind of given free reign, like if, I, if if I wanted to, I could have wiped up the whole team and started building it from scratch. Mm -hmm. And that's never my intention to do that. So instead, I decided to work with the people that were there. They were good producers and writers and designers and everything else. They just needed a little leadership to take them in, in a different direction and kind of expand on their portfolio. And, you know, they kind of looked at this weird guy from Canada for a while and, and wondered if I knew what I was doing. Um, <laughs> But uh, they bought into it and, you know, there, there was no loss of jobs or anything else. Uh, we brought everybody along and the vast majority of people bought into it and uh, we had a great 10-year uh, run. How, how much of uh, a part of it was Jeff Zucker? Was he leading the charge in terms of this change? <laughs> it was interesting. Yeah, Jeff actually started about three months after I got there. Uh -huh. So, and, and I... I peripherally knew Jeff uh, before from, you know, when he was uh, at NBC and Universal and I was at CTV, but we didn't know each other uh, well. But he was very supportive right from the beginning. And he, like I, had a background not just in news, but in entertainment and sports and everything else. And so he understood what I wanted to do uh, with the brand and he encouraged it. And Boy, there was no bigger uh, supporter that I had at uh, CNN uh, over the last uh, decade than, than Jeff. I have nothing, you know, you, you, I'd heard scary stories about Jeff before I got there, but, you know, there was, there was no bigger supporter of mine than, than his. And, you know, I, I feel very fortunate that I got to uh, spend a good deal of my career working under Jeff and uh, Yvonne Fitzan, uh, because uh, they're both 
creatives of a different sort, but, but very good leaders. How do you take a brand that, you know, started out in the, the early 80s under Ted Turner and very much was the source of breaking news in a 24-7 cycle, which really hadn't happened before. How, how do you take something that had 30, 40 years uh, on the air and, and, and you, you drop in the middle of it when there is such a polarized political ecosystem in the US where you either have to be left or you have to be hard right. How do you find the right place for CNN at that point and begin to communicate that? It's not easy. You know, try, trying to uh, take the, the middle ground is, is not an easy thing to do. And so we just kind of left the politics and literally took the politics out of it. When I got there, slogan for CNN is CNN uh, equals politics. Uh, we got rid of that really fast right. uh, because that's, that's not what it's, what it's about. And if you're only coming to watch because of, of that, um, then you've kind of lost it. You know, so one of the, the things that we, we started with right away, and one of the reasons I was brought in was we launched CNN original series with Anthony Bourdain. Mm -hmm. And literally, I was supposed to have a month break between CTV and uh, and CNN, but uh, Tony's availability to shoot promos for a show were a week and a half after uh, I was leaving uh, CTV. So I started working on the creative for a campaign before you know I was fully moved down to Atlanta. And within the first two weeks of arriving in Atlanta, I was shooting promos on location with Anthony Bourdain. And so the original series was the way we changed the voice to be about much more than politics. It was about, and what eventually came out, it was about going there. And it became, you know, kind of our, our line we were following up until 2016, but it was about go there and, you know, in, in all the different ways of storytelling and much more focused on what we did around the world away from, from Washington. And how do you arrive at, at such a tagline is there research how do you rally around that that choice of words is that out of your head or is that a team effort? no 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 I, I, it takes a lot of people and, and and we work with outside people and everything else typically yeah. you know what we did was we would come up with normally you know eight to ten concepts when we're looking at something like a tagline we probably had 20 different things we pitched and so we would go in and we would uh, pitch to, to Jeff and, and, and we would pitch that sort of thing. And we did that fairly early with Go There. And, and Jeff liked Go There right away out of all the concepts we pitched. But he was pretty new into the position as well. And, um, you know, he was starting to play with the CNN brand. So he wanted to bring Jeff Bukas, uh, who was his boss at uh, uh, Time Warner and ran Time Warner into it. And, and you know, Jeff Bukas was a creative as well, uh, came out of HBO. And so he wanted us to, to pitch, go there to Jeff Bukas. And, you know, I've pitched to people. So, you know, this, this is pretty big though to be pitching to, to Jeff Bukas. What I didn't know is two weeks before that, one of the other uh, parts of the Turner Empire, named which network, had uh, launched a campaign without pitching it to Jeff and Bukas hated it. 
and he was mad about it and, and tore it down. So I'm going in to pitch to Jeff Bucus after he's just experienced one of his other networks doing something horrible with the brand. And so we pitched it to, to Jeff and, and, and he had a little bit of an entourage and, and he watched it and he watched our presentation and everything else. And he goes, I get it. I get it. You, you, you go there because we go there to get the story. But, you know, you're also uh, you, you, you go there to different parts. Like he, he understood what we were trying mm-hmm. to do with that. And so it was one of those pitches that uh, I didn't know if I'd known what I was walking into. I, I, I may have not uh, been able to, to do the pitches as well as it went. Well, see, so you also brought your disarming Canadian nature as well, which uh, I, I feel serves serves us Canadians well when we get in the U.S. Uh, American boardrooms. Yeah, you know, I've become more relaxed over the years, mm-hmm. and um, it's uh, if you don't like it, I'll, I'll find something else you, you do like. So uh, it's it's not uh, life and death by any means. Is it frustrating to mount a positioning campaign for CNN? only to see the competitors, especially in the news realm, uh, on a daily basis, on a minute-by-minute, hourly basis, trying to reposition the network away from its core. Uh, So you've got the guys on the right are saying that CNN is far left, and you've got the guys on the left saying CNN is is far right. You know, um, is that frustrating, and did you have to change course? Uh, in order to counteract that? We shut that noise out. There, there was no use getting into that fight because let's kind of go to the basics. You know, everyone thinks Fox has more viewers than CNN. That's not true. Fox has more viewing than CNN. They have fewer viewers, but they turn their TVs on to Fox News and they leave it on all day. And, you know, the ratings work. So that's a, that's a cum of, of people watching, but it's a smaller base. CNN has more people who watch CNN, but they watch for shorter periods of time. So it doesn't look like the ratings are as high for CNN, which is true. On a cum basis, the ratings are lower for CNN, but there's actually more unique visitors to CNN than either of the other two networks. The other thing that's really interesting is there's a lot of overlap. A lot of Fox viewers watch CNN. A lot of MSNBC viewers uh, watch CNN. And if there's big news happening, you know, when the war in Ukraine started, those viewers come in droves to CNN because they know that, that Fox and MSNBC don't have the bandwidth to cover those kind of things. So it, it, it's not comparing three different news networks. They're very different. And we just kind of uh, take our own path or took our own path in, in, in how we marketed that. I worked uh, really closely with Michael Smirconish back when he was uh, doing radio and he had to make a decision because he found himself on a lot of right-wing conservative talk stations. But as you know, he's a, he's a recovering uh, Republican and is very much uh, independent. And if uh, we look at what is an independent in the United States, it's kind of like the 40% in the middle, right? Um, 
a similar, you know, struggle that, that he had to try and redefine himself in terms of, you know, I'll go whichever way makes sense. You know, it doesn't, I, I'm not going to subscribe to one philosophy or, or, or belong to one particular party. A really, really interesting conundrum for people because I think we're all, uh, a majority, I think, of people are still stuck in a paradigm of dictated by, uh, by labels. Sure. And, you know, and, and Michael is, is one of my favorite people on CNN. I think his, his voice is, is, was really refreshing when it came in and he's, he's still worth uh, listening to. But the edges of the right and the left are, are dictating so much of our society and, and the conversation right now. And there's this, like you said, this huge group that's closer to, to the middle that are kind of losing their voice and they're, they're losing a place to, to go. And you, you hear a lot of talk down here about uh, uh, needing a third party that's in the middle. The vagaries of, of the American political system, it's, it's doubtful that will ever happen. But it's, it's a very odd place that the U.S. finds itself in right now. Well, Rick, I, I know that CNN is a, you know, it's, it's an iconic brand. It's the one that, you know, you're most recently affiliated with. But you, your experience there really encompassed a lot more than just the one th three-letter CNN. Uh, can you tell me a little bit about the rest of your portfolio there and, and some of the things um, that you really enjoyed working on most? I, you know, I, I, I've enjoyed a lot of the, uh, the international stuff. And we did, you know, most people don't know that there's there's CNN and there's CNN International, and, and they're pretty much two different uh, networks. And you can get CNN International in both Canada and, uh, and the US, but most people aren't really aware and, and don't watch it. But we did a lot of work on programs and, and uh, people who were doing the reporting uh, around the world and doing really, really interesting stuff. And, and I really liked that type of work, working on that. But I also enjoyed, you know, the original series stuff. The work we did on original series was uh, was was a lot of fun. Uh, so those were, were were great. You know, I also had CNN Digital. CNN.com uh, is uh, the biggest news website in the world. That's an interesting challenge when it comes to marketing. Uh, HLN was part of the portfolio. I can't... Uh, say much more than good morning in Spanish, but um, <laughs> CNN Espanol was, was part of my portfolio. And, uh, you know, I was all, on all kinds of work that crossed over the larger companies. So, you know, I was working with Turner Sports and with uh, TNT and TBS and, you know, even the larger company going to Dallas to, to AT&T headquarters and just a whole lot of fun and a whole bunch of uh, different projects and, and and being brought in to help with a lot of things there was there was so much more than than just what was seen on cnn that was part of the portfolio you mentioned anthony bourdain what kind of a character must he have been and tell me about being in the, his midst in the most memorable situation you can remember tony was very reserved and, and, and very private. He, he, he did become, you know, animated at times, especially when the camera was on. But off camera, he was, he was quiet and went his own way. And uh, I tend not to get into the talent's face. You know, I don't say, let's go for drinks or anything like that. Mm -hmm. uh, so, you know, my exposure to, to most of the talent was when we were shooting promos and it was on the set. It was, it was always quite uh, professional. Um, I, 
uh, I really haven't had a social uh, arrangement with, with any talent, my time in Canada or in the U.S., and, and I do that intentionally. I just think that I need to be professional in, in what I'm doing and how I'm dealing with it, and uh, uh, I keep that separation there. But it was, a, it was a real sad day for us when we lost Tony. Uh, mm-hmm. there's, there's absolutely uh, no doubt about it. And we were just actually working on a, a new campaign uh, for him. Uh, so it, it was tough. You know, he was, he was the big reason that I came to CNN in the first place. It was heartbreaking. When it comes to talent, you've clearly uh, verbalized the fact that it's probably better to remain at a distance. Is that something that you, when you're coaching your teams, is that is that part of the, the playbook to stay creatively independent from talent drama, for lack of a better better uh, phrase? I don't tell people not to, to do that. Um, I tell them my perspective on, on how I how I do it. Uh, it's a big attraction for a lot of people that come into the business is to, is to get to, to be around the talent and talk to them and everything else. And I don't want to be the one that, that takes that away. They have to, to stay their own course. If it becomes an issue at some point, I'll talk to them about it. But uh, I, I let people find with that one kind of their own way of doing things. It's a struggle for some people to, to define a professional relationship uh, even amongst colleagues, uh, on, on how you handle yourself, how how much time you spend uh, away from the office with people and everything else, and much more difficult when you're in a position like I am, uh, where you know you're the boss, and uh, it's tough to be the boss if you've been out drinking with somebody the the, the night before and for many nights before that. You need to to have a little bit of of uh, separation. It's not easy to really define, but you, you really got to figure it out, and and you have to to make sure you've got boundaries. Now that you have uh, exited your position with CNN and you're moving on with the next chapter of your career, what was the decision-making process there that led to creating Film at 11 Marketing? You know, um, I was um, looking at retirement and uh, what do I want to do in retirement? Retirement is kind of a funny word. Uh, you just don't turn off the tap instantly. And there, there's things I, I, I want to do now that I've, I've left the corporate world, you know, they have nothing to do with business of volunteering for Habit for Humanity. And I, I do like an occasional game of golf and, and that sort of stuff. But I also want to keep my, my hand in the business if it makes sense. And television has been very good to me. I don't need to be out getting a gig to to make money, but I, I think I have something to offer to marketing teams. You know, and I'm talking to people all over the world simply because of my experience. There aren't a lot of people who stay in this business with as much variety as, as what I've done. And if I can help those people out and I have projects that are interesting to me, then I want to pursue that. And, you know, I'm not a consultant, you know, consultants come in and, and fix things. I, I like the word coach, even though it's not used a lot, because that's really what I'd like to be able to do. I'd like to be able to go in and listen to people and understand their issues. And there, there isn't a template. I can't come in with, you know, a, a PowerPoint presentation and say, this is how you do marketing, because every situation is different. So I need to, to be able to work with people want to work with me, want uh, some evaluation done, are open to to frank conversations uh, about moving 
their careers and their team's success ahead. And uh, we'll see where that goes. Uh, some in- interesting conversations going on now, but uh, I'm not going to force the issue. You know, I'm, mm-hmm. it's, uh, it, it's either going to take a natural course or, or it's not. Seems like uh, film at eleven marketing is is a way to pre-qualify these uh, personalized coaching relationships that you're going to uh, seek out. Yeah, uh, very much. So. It, it, it's hard to define define exactly what I'm looking to to do because every situation is going to to be be different. But there's so many marketing people that really have nowhere to turn, especially in you know local station levels uh, in the U.S. It's really tough. Uh, at smaller networks, there aren't people who work above them who know anything about marketing. So where do they turn for any advice or for any evaluation on what they're doing? What would you say to people who are starting out in the business and have a, a desire to enter the marketing and, and promotion side of the business? Is there any um, any basic advice you can give people? <laughs> um, boy, it, it's a real tough time to to get into the the business right now i'm concerned uh, about where our business is 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 heading so you know i i would suggest to to people find a creative voice you know um, find out as much as you can about writing producing directing understand the creative it's what's really lacking in our industry right now is uh, is the creative voices out there there's, there's lots of people who know how to uh, do presentations and uh, ideate, you know, all of these these buzzword marketing buzzwords now, which kind of get nothing done. I've been in, in more meetings in my life where you've got a bunch of people sitting around doing PowerPoint presentation for two hours. And at the end of it, there's no action plan. They've just talked and, and used uh, more, not even words. ROI and you know yeah. all of these these buzz marketing buzzwords Probably that really yeah. mean nothing. It's so true. But there must be there must be a way in for people. There there is, but it, it depends what you what you want to to get into. If you want to to get in into marketing, I would look at trying to uh, get in with a smaller network that's still willing to take chances and, and do things. And, you know, I'm, I'm thinking of, you know, networks like Hallmark Network, uh, as opposed to, to, to trying to get into CBS, you know, it, yeah, yeah. don't, don't go for the big things. You, you need to get into places where you can learn. The local stations used to be a feeder uh, for marketing people. That's, kind of gone away it's not you know it's the way i came up it's not the way you can come up now and the other thing i would tell any person looking to get into this business is be willing to move like don't sit in toronto and say i have to find a job in in toronto now if you want to be in 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 marketing in television in broadcasting you got to be willing to to move around the country, uh, around the world uh, to chase those dreams because those advantages are there. And there's there's people doing really interesting work in, in different places, but it may not be in the city you live in. Mm-hmm. And what about people working at a distance from their homes, perhaps? Is it important to get into a, a team environment like in person, in real life? Yes, uh, absolutely. Uh, especially if you're on the creative side. If, if you want to collaborate and uh, and do things you, you need to be able to do it. You know, we suffered through trying to do creative through through the COVID uh, days, 
And it's not about being in the office every day. It's about being able to get into a, a room and, and sit around and talk and, and come up with, with ideas. And so where I kind of got to with, with my team is I kind of disobeyed the, the, the rules of, of what the company said we were going to do. <laughs> and it was about what made sense for what you were doing. And I've never been a person who, you know, check what time you came into the office or what time you left. It's about getting the, the job done. So we said the team and, and, you know, we had like an agency set up. Uh, so we had, had, had teams of uh, people working on different projects. The team needs to get together in person once a week. Mm-hmm. And from there, it's however you need to do it for whatever project you're, you're working on. But beyond that, I, I didn't want anyone working from the office full time. And I don't want anybody working from home full time. There's some variations to that. But for the most part, you, you need to have some of that face-to-face contact. But I also... I uh, had a team with people in Los Angeles, Atlanta, New York, uh, London, Washington, Miami. So, you know, working over Zoom is something we've been doing for, for quite a while anyways, even before COVID. How are you doing? This is a big, big tra- uh, transformation, you know, period in your life. Uh, you're, you're tackling a bunch of different things. You're you're selling a home. You're making a move. You're exiting uh, one company. You're starting your own business. How How's Rick doing? Uh, Rick is doing really, really well. Um, and uh, because I, w- I was preparing for retirement, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm right. a person who prepares. My wife and I went out and started looking at places we wanted to retire to uh, in 2018. And it wasn't that we were always going to, to Arizona. Before 2018, I'd never been to Arizona. Mm-hmm. Uh, we didn't know if we were retiring in Canada or whatever. So it, it's kind of a culmination of everything that we've been doing. It, it is a really busy time moving into this, starting the business up, uh, selling, moving, uh, all of those kind of things are, are interesting and, and fun. I'm having a blast, uh, to be honest. Uh, packing up this house isn't, uh, isn't always a blast, but you know, you get to go, you get to go through and kind of relive memories. I was packing up kind of my memory box from the 2010 Olympics and, uh, Boy, that brought back some some good memories. Uh, uh, looking at, at some of that sort of stuff, you know, and uh, and just you know, and the other thing with starting this business up, people are asking for examples of the work I did over the years, and so you know, I'm looking at uh, campaigns and things we did, you know, going back to my time at CTV. I was again with the Olympics. I, I was looking at the the Believe spots we did with Donald Sutherland yeah. and stuff back then. And, you know, some of that stuff I'd forgotten about. And, and so there's a lot of going down memory lane. But, you know, I'm also excited about uh, what the, the future has as well for me. We lived across the street from CTV on Burrard Street during the Olympics. Okay. And uh, we, uh, we lived in a building that was in the, uh, the background of the nightly news shot with the fire escapes. That, uh, yeah. And... Um, Boy, we were in between, uh, we we just sold a, a condo and we were uh, waiting for our house to be ready. And we had this delightful experience of being able to just walk out the front door right onto the outdoor set uh, that was uh, outside CTV and just take in all of that. And, and what an amazing, you know, right down to the, the red mittens and the, you know, yeah. um, that was one of the most well orchestrated branding exercises, I think, uh, that I've ever seen. And I think CTV is the host broadcaster and, and your team really drove a lot of that. It was probably the single 
project that that you know uh, brought the most joy to me and and you know that I arrived February 1st for the Olympics and I flew home on on March 1st and I worked I didn't get to any Olympic event until the closing ceremonies yeah and I worked you know at least 12 to 18 hours a day straight for that whole month and it yeah. was the most fun I've ever uh, had um, and you know doing that whole belief campaign and you know, we did the campaign for the red mittens and yep. that turned into me uh, getting to run the Olympic uh, flame and the torch in Toronto and stuff like the whole experience, which just was just mind blowing. I wish you all the best for film at 11 and all that's next for you. And perhaps we'll, um, we'll meet up in person at, at some event at some point and get to say hello. I, that would uh, be great. I'm hoping I'm, I get a project work uh, in Canada again and uh, would love to, to get up there. Rick, thanks so much for your time and all the best. All the best to you as well. Thanks for listening to Broadcast Dialogue. For more information about the podcast or to receive exclusive access to our weekly briefing about the Canadian media industry, visit us at broadcastdialogue.com. Don't forget to like us on Facebook, connect with us on LinkedIn, and follow us on Twitter and SoundCloud. Thanks for listening to Broadcast Dialogue. For more information about the podcast or to receive exclusive access to our weekly briefing about the Canadian media industry, visit us at broadcastdialogue.com. Don't forget to like us on Facebook, connect with us on LinkedIn, and follow us on Twitter and SoundCloud. Jeff Woods and I'm shining a light on music and the rock stars who make it. He just was one of those people, he, he stood out. He was a magic guy. He really was a magic guy. All, we all have force. He had the same amount of force as we all have. This was before Led Zeppelin. Robert was full on. I mean, he was Led Zeppelin without the band behind him. He had the hair, the jeans, the whole thing, you know. And he was amazing. The Records and Rockstars podcast, heard around the world and yours to hear wherever you get podcasts. All the episodes from jeffwoodsradio.com.